First and foremost, to be clear, this is not a podcast about the Hoodoo Ski Resort, a place of incredible natural beauty at Oregon's original ski area. This is a podcast for fans of the 1990s NBC sitcom News Radio. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for celebrating the greatness that is News Radio in what I hope to be an adequate fashion. The Hoodoo Factory is still cranking out that Sagacious Hoodoo just a bit slower. So, quick update. We Hosts 3 have discussed the possibility of potting in the future with a full roster. But, in the short term, our schedules are still far apart. It's not off the table, but we've got to cross our fingers a little bit. I will say that a recap episode for this unit is being planned, and those plans include at least one other person on mic. So, stay tuned, or stay following, or just stay with me here. For this episode, a few notes. First, I'm going to refer to this pod as the Hoodoo Factory. Oh, the Hoodacity still makes me chuckle, but differentiating between group-hosted and single-hosted really just doesn't seem necessary anymore. Uh, Second, I'm hoping that this audio porridge is just right. First episode of the unit was kind of stiff. The second episode, I think, was a little bit loose. So I'm hoping this one has the right balance for our listeners' delicate palate. I'm working on it! I want to give a big thank you to everyone who was able to fill out a survey for this episode. I appreciate it, and I really hope that the surveys are at least a little fun to fill out. I plan to continue to work the show around them, partially because it gives the feeling of being part of a community, you know, instead of just giving my perspective. So I'm really hoping this is something that continues to grow and evolve. Now, Lauren has again recorded her segments for this episode, so that's something to look forward to. And as always, feedback is appreciated. All right, we're on IG and Twitter at hoodoo underscore factory you know drop us a line give us some comments whatever we love it this episode 420 is the third and final episode in this highly unorthodox games of folly unit so we're going to kick it off with lauren and the agent zero Zero. pew pew plot synopsis 420 as the episode title suggests was season four episode 20 It originally aired on April 29, 1998, which was a Wednesday. Mr. James invites the staff to his smoker, which turns out to be an ultimate fighting competition between Joe and Matthew. Upon learning that his opponent will be Matthew, Joe has some reservations about the fight because he assumes he will gravely injure his friend. Matthew, on the other hand, is extremely confident that he will win the fight and eggs Joe on throughout the day. Walt invites Lisa to attend the smoker as his date, causing Bill to speculate about the status of their relationship. Bill attempts to gather more information about Lisa's intentions with Walt by secretly recording phone calls with her and playing them back to Dave against Dave's will. Dave has discovered that the easiest way to get Matthew to leave him alone is to pretend to be crazy. This information gets passed around the office, eventually making its way back to Matthew himself. Matthew doesn't understand that the tactic was originally meant for him, but is able to utilize it somewhat effectively nonetheless. And this has been this episode's Agent Zero Pew Pew Plot Synopsis. Okay, thank you, Lauren. So for our main categories... We put out the aforementioned survey, and that brings us to round one, the ABSA committee, because our winners have been chosen by the overall fan vote. We're going to start with, what is the scene of the episode? Meaning kind of like, what's the best scene or the one that comes to mind first? And I had four options. A, the opening scene at the meeting table, all right, where we have the smoker reveal uh, of what it is, and then the fighter reveal of who's going to fight um, all before the theme song. B, the first time Bill plays a tape recording of his phone call with Lisa to Dave. Obviously a hilarious scene. C, Matthew and Joe in the octagon of horror, which I guess kind of a, kind of applies to the entire section of that, not just them solely in the, in the octagon of horror. And D, Walt telling Dave that he asked out Lisa with Beth speaking from off camera. That is Beth insisting that they should be able to go on a date while Walt is trying to talk to Dave about actually going on a date with Lisa. So, looking at the fan vote, coming in fourth place with 14% of the vote, Walt telling Dave that he asked out Lisa with Beth speaking from off camera. I I look at this scene, I think that Dave kind of big brothers Walt a little bit. He's a little bit condescending. That's something that stands out to me when he's like, you know, silly Walt. Like, that's a work work function. 
But I do love that Beth is eavesdropping as normal, kind of that running gag aspect. Uh, and then the idea that she is just going on this tirade of why it should be okay to the point that both both Walt and Bill can come and go and she's, she's still going. So not a bad scene, but fourth place in the vote. The next two scenes actually tied, so we have a tie for second place. Both had 21% of the vote. The opening scene at the meeting table, the explanation of what a smoker is, that was actually a pretty good gag going through, you know, Walt thinking of what it was, Bill thinking what it was, and then, you know, finally Dave explains it, and then all of a sudden, boom, we get the introduction to Joe the Gorilla Gorelli and Matthew the Rock Brock, all right, coming out in their fighting robes. So that tied for second place. The other scene was Matthew and Joe in the Octagon of Horror, which I think is funny because it's it's completely unexpected, but at the same time surprisingly satisfying we do kind of expect joe to dominate so when they're able to give us a satisfying twist you know i do think that's a it's a good scene it's a funny scene and and it really kind of gets you because it's not expected at all but coming in clearly number one with 43 percent of the vote is the first time bill plays a tape recording of his phone call with lisa to dave and when you look at that scene i i think why it's the winner is that the setup before listening to the tape, all right? Bill, you didn't. Oh, she didn't know, Dave. Uh, the tape itself, when you're actually listening to what's recording, and then Bill's face, the faces he's making as he's playing the recording, it's all laugh out loud funny. So I am 100% on board with the people on this one of that being the best choice of those options. The scene of the episode is Bill playing the tape recording uh, of his phone call with Lisa to Dave. Next category, the quote of the episode. And the quote of the episode is a quote that either best represents the episode or immediately comes to mind. This is probably the toughest category for me to do. I'm not sure I'm picking the best quotes. Actually, I'm pretty sure I'm not picking the best quotes. And then when it comes down to giving the options, I have to try to do an imitation. And those imitations are, let's say, less than adequate, possibly offensive in some cases. So I'm actually going to give the winner here uh, and really think about how I want to do this category. Just... (laughs) <laughs> to try to make everybody comfortable. But it, it's not close. Of the four options with 71% of the vote, very, very clearly, are you challenging my constitutional right to make nude phone calls? Absolute winner of a quote, absolute hammer of a, of a joke. Definitely reusable, definitely something you can use in everyday life. Uh, obviously, you would want to change out the activity. I hope that you would change out the activity at the very least. But with 71% of the vote, it was not even close. That is the absolute winner. So we're going to move on to the next category. Coming in next is what gag or bit had the biggest impact on the episode? Uh, And I gave, again, four choices. A, Matthew trash-talking Joe. B, Bill calling Lisa on the phone, recording the call and playing it for Dave. C, acting crazy to drive somebody away. And D, Walt's crush on Lisa. All right, so those are the options for the best gagger bit that had the biggest impact on the episode. It's coming in fourth, 7% of the vote is Matthew trash talking Joe. Uh, I think that's a little bit too low, to be honest with you. I absolutely love uh, aggressive Matthew with, with Joe just kind of trying to deflect. But it, it, to me, it's super, super funny. I think it's sprinkled throughout the episode. I would have ranked it a little bit higher. Coming in third is Walt's crush on Lisa. All right, with 21% of the vote. And, I, you know, I can't really fault that. That is also something that kind of plays throughout the episode. We get a couple good laughs out of that, you know, all the way to at the actual smoker and, and um, afterwards, even in the phone call with Lisa. So that's, that's a pretty big bit or gag, something that goes on throughout the episode. I understand that. Coming in second with 29% is acting crazy to drive somebody away. Obviously, we see a number of characters do it. Dave, Lisa, Matthew, Jimmy, uh, all act crazy to try to drive somebody away. Obviously, a huge part of the the episode and something that, you know, pretty funny. I like the other storyline a little bit better, but that's still pretty funny. 29% puts it in second. So, our number one, our winner is, with 43% of the vote, Bill calling Lisa on the phone, recording the call and playing it for Dave. So just the idea of Bill calling, constantly calling Lisa, because we get it several, several times, him calling Lisa, him recording the call, him actually editing the tape in some cases, and playing that for Dave, that is the gag or bit that had the biggest impact on the episode, as voted by the people, and I also agree with that one. Our next category is our best keepsake. I like to call it News Radio Nook. 
What item would you take from the episode to display or wear? And we gave four options. A, Beth's subway token from Dave. B, Joe and Matthew's boxing robes. C, Walt's feather duster and Richie Haven CD. D, Bill's audio cassette tape of his calls to Lisa. I was kind of curious about how this one was going to go. I think all of these are all pretty good, but I, I guess I probably should have expected most of this. Coming in fourth with 14% of the vote is Joe and Matthew's boxing robes. I thought they looked pretty slick. I, I liked them a lot. I think that actually might have been my number one. I think they look great hanging up in a trophy room. Let's just put it that way. You could frame them or you could just leave them on hangers, but I, I think they look great just kind of as an addition there. Now, tie for second place with 21%. Beth Subway token from Dave. Okay, you know, not bad, not bad. Also in second place was Walt's Feather Duster and the Richie Haven CD. All right, so kind of Walt's contributions to the episode. Again, if you like Richie Havens, I'm sure that goes a little bit higher. Uh, if you like Feather Dusters, I'm sure that also goes a little bit higher. Not quite sure what I would see, think of if I saw those in the news radio nook. Coming in first with 43%, a.k.a. overwhelmingly, the winner is Bill's audio cassette tape of his calls to Lisa. Which, I guess I guess you could play them in the news radio's nook and laugh at it, which I definitely would. Maybe, maybe set something up on the wall where you could press a button and you'll get the calls and, and it'll play out for everybody right there. But uh, I can't fault the fact that it's probably the best thing that you could take from this episode. Um, even though I, I think I would prefer to display or wear Joe and Matthew's boxing robes. Okay, moving on. New category. Again, we're trying to find the best way to incorporate the survey into the episode, uh, the best way to have questions so that people can answer them, you know, kind of broadly. But uh, I thought this would be a fun category for us to check out and try to try to push forward and see what we think on an episode-by-episode basis. Obviously, my fear is that Bill is always going to be one of the options. Best scene partners in the episode? Overall, not just a single scene. All right, so basically uh, the combination of people that you thought was the strongest in the episode. A, Dave and Bill. B, Joe and Matthew. C, Dave and Lisa. I thought those were the strongest kind of pairings that we had. So we put those into the vote for people to vote on, put those into the survey. And coming in, it was a tie for second place with one overwhelming winner again. Uh, the tie with 14% was Joe and Matthew and Dave and Lisa. Okay, so, you know, Joe and Matthew, I thought actually they played off each other really, really well. We get the aggressive Matthew, we get Joe, you know, kind of, again, being very human, uh, very kind of uh, uh, hesitant to jump in there with Matthew for fear of actually harming him, of hurting him. So, you know, I thought that Matthew got to play up on that and Joe had to kind of play back away from it. I thought that was actually really good. Every scene that they're in together, I, I think I feel like I was smiling and laughing. The Dave and Lisa part... Uh, there's something about when they're in the office and Dave is teasing her about Walt. There's something about that that is just very kind of comfortable and sweet to me. Like, that is the chemistry of why we actually think like Lisa a lot more than, than maybe I'm finding out through looking at these episodes of the stuff she does. But there is something right there where you believe that these two people actually used to be together and they play off each other so, so well. All right? I, I don't think there was enough of it in the episode. Or I wish there was a little bit more of it in the episode is probably a better way to put it. Okay, so the winner for this category coming in first with 71% of the vote is Dave and Bill. And, you know, I can't fault anyone for voting this way. I think Bill is over the top, but he's absolutely hilarious. You know, it doesn't make him any less funny or, or any less effective uh, for the fact that he seems to be playing it up a lot in this episode. But Dave plays off him perfectly. And the, every scene that the two of them are on screen together, I think, really does kind of pop out in the episode. And, and when I'm thinking about this episode, those are the ones that probably have the strongest impression. Even if I, I'm mentally probably laughing at the Joe and Matthew stuff first, it always comes back to the Dave and Bill scenes and, and how intense i guess uh bill is to try to protect dave in those scenes so the people have selected those are the episode's main categories and i'm going to save the mvp results for a little bit later on in the show so before we go to lauren in the next part of the podcast i just want to mention a few adequate touches for the episode some of the favorite aspects and background catches okay you know first of all uh bill makes a member joke which i think he's basically calling himself a dick a penis the quote is, Dave, you're talking to a card-carrying member of the Hot Tub Generation with the emphasis on the word member. Pretty sure member is a euphemism for penis. And if I'm reading that right, 
I, I think he's calling himself a dick. I don't know. Maybe maybe people disagree with me. Maybe people can explain that to me. But every time I, I get to that part of the episode, I'm like, eh, with the emphasis on member. Mm. So, okay. Next one. Walt is all misunderstanding in this episode. He doesn't know what a smoker is. He doesn't know what type of music Lisa listens to. He doesn't really differentiate between a work date or event and a real date. And then we also get with Jimmy when he tells Lisa he's got gorgeous eyes and Jimmy thinks that Walt is talking to him and makes a joke there. So I thought it was interesting that in this episode, Walt is basically all about misunderstanding. Next one, this was actually just falls kind of in between the cracks of where I should put it in this episode, but Joe at 185 pounds is a middleweight, Matthew at 143 pounds is a featherweight, and they are about four weight classes apart. I don't even know if that's cool. It's just something interesting that I happen to write down. Okay, just a couple more here. One, uh, Lisa says, don't cry, Bill, when they're at the smoker on the phone. So the thought of Bill actually crying in the way that he's talking to Lisa makes me laugh. Just just that image. I feel like it's something that kind of gets looked over, but I really like that. Lisa holding up the folder to ignore a naked Matthew until Dave tells her that it's clear. I think that is actually pretty funny. She's not even going to let naked Matthew get in the way of her working. She's just going to make sure she can't see it and just keep on making sure she gets her work done. When Dave takes the tape from Bill and drops it, it sounds like it hits the floor to me, not a wastebasket. And I've both dropped a lot of things and thrown out a lot of things. So I'm pretty sure that, that there was no wastebasket there for some reason. And Dave just dropped it on the floor. You can't see it at all. It's just the sound to me did not, did not connect as the authentic sound. <laughs> I know that's a little bit nitpicky, but I think it's kind of cool if you catch on to it. It's something that every time I, I listen to this episode, see this episode, I should say, I listen to that sound. I'm like, hmm. All right. Moving on. I think I've got two more here. How, how did Bill edit the cassette tape? It, it actually brought me back to the old days where Bill would have had to actually record the cassette tape, the, record the phone call onto the cassette tape. And then when he wanted to say something else or cut in, he would have had to like rewind the tape and then kind of time putting in the question he wanted so that it would go back to the original tape just in time to get an answer. So it's just kind of funny to me to think about Bill editing that cassette tape. And I decided to throw it in this category. Last thing here is that this is actually one of my favorite theme song openings, the, the videos by the cast. Uh, and in this one, Dave's briefcase falls open. Jimmy sees himself in the Times Square video screen. Matthew has a hot dog in his mouth. Yeah, that one's kind of weird. Lisa knocks the payphone over. Beth is doing her lipstick in the van side mirror when it drives away. Joe steals a blinking construction light, which I'm pretty sure I did freshman year of college. And Bill is about to throw something from the top of the building. And it's like he gets caught and he tries to play it off. So I know that those openings aren't necessarily very popular. We don't really look at those a lot of times as part of the episode. But this is one in particular that I, I thought was really good. Or I kind of enjoyed more than the other ones, I guess. So worth mentioning, falls into the adequate touch category. And that's that. Here's Lauren again. And she has got the Freakzilla Report. Reactions to the episode from the message boards. Welcome to this episode's Freakzilla Report. 420 was Season 4, Episode 20. It originally aired on April 29th, 1998, which was a Wednesday. 420 was Walt's second episode, and fans came to the message boards to discuss the new guy. It seems that people assumed after his debut in the previous episode, Monster Rancher, that he might be a one-off character, never to be mentioned again. When he came back the next week, fans had mixed opinions about him. Someone named Clayton said, my God, I want to kill him. Our friend Tavy said she liked him, but would like to see him have a little more personality. Someone named Rich had the following analysis. Walt is a good character because he has reasons to be there. Number one, he has some sort of interest in radio, or at least an obsession with Dave. Number two, he is going to somehow reinvent the relationship between Dave and Lisa. Number three, he will be the perfect foil for Bill professionally and Dave personally. And number four, the love pentagon between Matthew and Lisa, Bill and Lisa, Dave and Lisa, and Walt and Lisa will be hilarious as they try to one-up each other to win her affection. Someone named D. Jennifer wanted to know when Beth will get a love pentagon or will it always just be Lisa, Lisa, Lisa? And mostly I just wanted to say love pentagon. 
Everyone really loved Dave's animal noises in this episode. In fact, many people reported trying to use Dave's tactic to make annoying people go away. Most people noted it didn't actually work, it just made the annoying people ask you more questions. Still, it was a gag that people really liked. There was also a very positive reaction to the fight ending with Matthew tickling Joe into submission. I couldn't find a single negative comment about it, which surprised me. I've always thought that was sort of a dumb ending to that storyline, but apparently I'm in the minority there. Fans on the message board at the time thought it was really funny. Fans also really loved the fact that Dave took Beth on a date, although most put the word date in quotation marks. There was a large group of fans at the time who really rooted for a Dave-Beth relationship, and there were others who just seemed to think it was funny that Dave went along with Beth's delusion of the day. People on the whole did not like Lisa and Walt going on a date. They felt that it was pushing Lisa and Dave into a Ross and Rachel situation, to which a lot of fans replied, Ross and who? And this has been the Freakzilla Report. Okay, that has been this episode's Freakzilla Report. Now, our next category is Pay No Attention to Uncle Jimmy. And this is the category where I talk about a couple conspiracies or just theories about why characters are acting the way they are or what's actually going on in the episode. So, I've got three of them for today. We'll see what, uh, we'll see what the audience thinks here. The first one is that Bill is right to consider himself Dave's best friend. All right, at some point in the episode, early on in the episode, Dave comes in and goes, I know you consider me your best friend. I think Bill is right when you think about it, right? Dave and Lisa split up. It doesn't really seem like Dave and Beth interact outside of work. And no one else in the office is really somebody that Dave would hang with. You know, I think Joe looks out for him, but I don't see, I don't see Dave kind of really hanging out with Joe on a regular basis or even having any, uh, any real important life discussions. So it is kind of Bill. And from Bill's perspective, I 100% see where he's coming from, thinking that he is Bill, uh, he is Dave's best friend, and that he has to look out for Dave. Since he is Dave's best friend, he's got to look out for Dave and get himself involved in, in the love life and protect Dave from uh, from the evil that women do. I don't know. Again, I can't explain Bill's thinking. I can only really comment on his actions. However, I do think that Bill is right to consider himself Dave's best friend, and he actually might be Dave's best friend, you know, at this point in the series. Second, number two, why Jimmy set up the fight. I think we kind of overlook a lot of what had to happen to set up Matthew and Joe stepping into an octagon of horror to actually get any type of conflict on. Why would Jimmy do that? So first and foremost, I'm going to go right to gambling. You have an obvious mismatch between these two, let's call them gladiators. And when you put men together in a club with alcohol and cigars, yeah, I think gambling is going to be a big part of it. Now, assuming that Jimmy knows that Matthew has this secret technique, that Matthew actually has a path to victory, I don't see how Jimmy doesn't bet heavy against Joe and take all the money of the people at the smoker and make a little bit of pocket change. All right, I think that's a huge part of why this happens at all. B, Jimmy had to be confident that Matthew wouldn't get hurt, right? I think Jimmy has enough conscience that he would feel bad if Matthew actually got injured, right? So months in advance, Matthew had to reveal Joe's weakness in his plan to take him down. So Matthew's been begging this for months. So Jimmy, for months, had to think about it and observe and watch and do whatever Jimmy was going to do to set up this fight so that he could actually bet it and make a profit on it. Now, the only other reason that Jimmy would set this up is to disrupt the office, which more and more, I think, seems to be some of the point of some of these episodes where Jimmy's just like, you know what, we're just going to throw the cherry bomb into the toilet today and see how things are going to go. But, um, but yeah, I think Jimmy... Made some money off this fight, but it also means that for months he was kind of scouting it out and he was trying to figure out the angles uh, and ultimately decided that Matthew was going to make him a lot of money. There's Jimmy. All right, my third and final, we'll call it conspiracy. Lisa only goes out with Walt to mess with Dave. All right, and this one's tough because I I don't like painting Lisa as a villain, but sometimes I feel like she does some villainous stuff. Mainly, Lisa agrees to go with Walt to this work event where Dave is going to see them. Lisa is joking around with Dave about how kind of naive Walt is. 
And then, to me, the, the biggest indicating factor here is that she calls Dave after to make sure that he knows that she and Walt didn't hook up. But I think she also wanted to make sure that Dave and Beth didn't hook up either. Uh, I, I kind of feel like Lisa's attention to Walt has more to do with Dave's reaction than kind of her own, uh, her own interest in returning Walt's affections. So... I don't know. It, it, you can kind of read it either way, but that's just how I see that one. So that is pay no attention to Uncle Jimmy. I'm not going to try to do the imitation of the way that Jimmy says it, uh, but those are the things that I think. Next category are going to be our Enigmas Smothered in Secret Sauce. And I've got a couple questions about this episode. First, why was Bill at a key party without a wife? All right, if the point of a key party is that everybody goes to a party and they put their car keys in there and whoever pulls the car key takes both the car and the wife home to have sex with, when we don't think that Bill was married, why was he even at a key party? I don't understand how that worked. I mean, again, I don't know much about key parties. Maybe that's what I should have researched instead of the other stuff. But that question to me is just like, something, something is a little bit weird about that. Okay, another question is, who told Bill that Walt was going to ask out Lisa? All right, was Walt like, uh, was he asking around the office for advice? You know, I, I guess it makes sense that Walt would ask Bill before Dave, considering that Dave had gone out with Lisa in the past. But Bill makes it seem like it's more of a rumor. So I'm wondering who Walt is talking to, Beth, where the rumor would kind of get around that Bill would hear about it and want to kind of look out for Dave. Okay, why doesn't Beth react at all to Matthew being naked? How many times has she slash the staff seen him naked? You know, and then it makes me wonder how much they've actually seen Andy Dick naked. Uh, probably, you know, backstage or whatever else. But ultimately, I think the funniest part about Matthew getting naked in the office is that Beth doesn't even really react. And Lisa just holds up a folder so she doesn't have to see it. So once again, it comes into the thing of like, how many times has this dude been naked at the office? How many times are we going to play this game? I don't know. That's something that I probably should be... It's one of those things I wish we kind of tracked a little bit longer, how many references there were or how many times it happens. But once again, he's naked in the office and Beth doesn't even react to that part. Next question. Did Lisa change her number or did Bill misdial? At the end, we have that whole thing where like, you know, if this is a wrong number, you know, obviously Bill dials the number and gets, gets the wrong number or gets the wrong person. So do we think that Bill misdialed that one? Or did Lisa actually change her number just to avoid Bill? Because I think either one is fairly plausible. Next question. Why is Walt dusting Dave's desk? It's a great scene between Walt and Dave. And that I know that's kind of just a setup to get them in there alone. But at the same time, I'm just like, this dude is just taking a feather duster all over Dave's papers. Like all my bosses, I think protected their, their desk. Like it was Fort Knox. Like it, that was their safety. It was a castle. So to me, it was a little bit weird. Uh, I do like the way the scene kind of played out, but it was just kind of a <laughs> clean desk for a clean boss or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Weird to me. Just weird. Okay. A couple more questions. What happens with Beth when she connects that Matthew getting naked is the way that Lisa was treating her. Basically, when Beth figures out that Lisa was acting crazy to get rid of her the same way Matthew tried to do, what happens next? Whoa, where do we go from there? I kind of have an answer a little bit later, I think, but uh, but I think that's a valid question. How does she handle that? Because that's, that's pretty rude, I'm not going to lie. Next question. Beth has an orange juice glass in front of her at the smoker. It's an evening event. Is she drinking a mimosa, a screwdriver, or just orange juice? Curious. Inquiring minds want to know. Final question. And this actually goes to the question before a little bit. Why does Beth want to date Dave all of a sudden? All of a sudden, she's pretty insistent about going to this event with Dave. She treats it like it's an event. You know, Dave, when guys pick me up, they give me something. So on and so forth. And I'm actually wondering, I'm like, is she trying to push back at Lisa for asking crazy to her? Is this the way that she's kind of pushing back by going out with her ex-boyfriend? Or is she actually trying to help Dave because she doesn't like what Lisa is doing to Walt or that Lisa is, is messing with Dave? So um, 
Yeah, I think why Beth wants to go out with Dave is something we overlook because it's it's such a, a funny situation that we're watching. But I think it's actually a really interesting question. You know, is she doing it because she really wants to be with Dave? This is her opportunity. Is she doing it because it has something to do with the way Lisa treated her, or is she trying to, you know, protect Dave in her own way, the same way, the same way that Bill is? Just kind of a misguided idea of how to how to keep uh, Lisa back a little bit. I don't know. These are all enigmas that I think merit further discussion and uh, and further inquiry. All right. This next segment is called Hero Villain Winner Loser. It's pretty self-explanatory. And then I'm going to get to who the people voted for as the episode MVP. So we're going to start with this episode's villain, the person who knows the most and cares the least. And this episode actually has two answers because I can't decide. Jimmy and Lisa are tied for the villains of this episode to me, uh, both based partly on our theories. So Jimmy, assuming that Jimmy was sure of the outcome of the fight, he allows everybody on staff, except for Bill basically, to express concern for Matthew's safety and he just brushes them off. So everybody is worried about this pairing. Even Joe is worried about this pairing and and how the fight is going to go. And Jimmy... Already knows Matthew's got the secret technique. Already knows he's going to make money. Just kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Ah, nah, no big deal. You know, Beth and Lisa try to talk to him. Joe tries to talk to him. So he really does worry everybody because he set the situation up in advance. All right. And I think that's very villainous. He knows the most and cares the least about how other people are going to feel. Now, Lisa, on the other hand, she actually took Dave's strategy that was designed strictly for Matthew and decided both to use it on other people and tell other people about it, which basically ruins it for the future. So Dave shares with her how he gets rid of this one particular person. This is a strategy I've designed for him and it works. Lisa's like, you know what? We're going to try this out with everybody. We're going to tell everybody about it. So really, man, like Dave's got like another week at most of using that on Matthew. And then he's going to have to find another technique. And then also... Knowing that Walt is like sincerely interested in her, if she is playing with his emotions, you know, for the sake of of being into Dave or, or trying to get Dave's attention, that is definitely very, very villainous. All right, I think we agree that she doesn't return Walt's affections. You know, she's amused by Walt's affections, but to what extent she takes it is kind of a, you know, that that is going to determine, I suppose, the uh, let's call it the villainosity. I just like that word, villainosity. Of Lisa in this episode. The heroes of the episode. The most virtuous. Well I also have two heroes for the episode. So there's a little bit of balance here. In this episode I think that both Walt and Bill can be considered a hero. So Walt is the most pure intentioned. He's the only one who's actually trying to do things right in this episode. Right? He wants to be a part of the gang. He wants to go to this event. But he uses it as an opportunity to ask out Lisa, who he's very, very clearly into. And, you know, he's not trying to be sneaky. He's not trying to, to run any games or fool her. You know, he's just being really upfront about it. And I think there's something, there is something kind of heroic about it. Especially because he doesn't know what he's, what he's completely facing there. So in terms of the most virtuous and more pure, most pure-hearted or intentioned, I have to give it to Walt. Now, Bill is actually the one who's trying to help the most. He is, his efforts are all misguided, somewhat invasive, and probably illegal in a lot of different ways. But he's really trying to help Dave. He seems genuine that he's trying to support Dave. And he's really going to great lengths when you think about it. I think we have to decide as an audience of how much he might be doing it for his own personal enjoyment versus how much is is really purely intention in supporting Dave. Because again, we know that Bill is not the most emotionally mature, so it is kind of believable that he would handle a situation like this, you know, like he was in middle school essentially. Because in middle school, that's, that is how you would help your boy. Like that, that is how you would look out for him. So if you do take him to be, you know, even mostly... Um, pure i guess in his intentions then i think he actually does the most and actually is trying to help the most in this episode so i think that we can describe him as heroic even even as as bad as his attempts go i think overall his intentions make him heroic in this episode okay the episode's big loser i I think this one's pretty uh, pretty evident pretty obvious the big loser of the episode is dave 
I mean, number one, he has Bill trying to help him all episode. So he's got this guy who pops out from behind a door at him, you know, to tell him about a rumor is invading Lisa's privacy to try to get some sort of discriminating or damaging evidence against her is like manufacturing situations to try to get some of that kind of stuff. And, you know, ultimately, even at the end, he, the, Bill is in his house, in his bathroom. Dave can't go to sleep because Bill is there and wants to jump into bed so he can, again, support him and look out for him. So that is a lot to take. Even if if Bill is well-intentioned, that is a lot to take on if you're Dave. That's definitely a loss in terms of how much attention and time you have to give to him as an individual. Uh, we have the Lisa and Walt situation, which, again, just as the boss of the office, is something he's, he would have to deal with one way or the other. you know. But where you stand on how... Lisa is going about things with Walt is kind of like the amount of level that you have to throw on to Dave kind of losing in this episode. And what I mean by that is that, you know, if you look at it as Lisa has no real seriousness about Walt and she's really just trying to mess with Dave, then that's a big loss for Dave. You know, if she is just kind of, you know, interested, somewhat interested in Walt, you know, there's some sort of genuine aspect there. Dave still kind of loses because he's got to deal with it. He's got to hear about it from Bill and other people, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, I think that's another factor in, in calling him the loser. And then finally, just that whole experience with Beth does not seem very pleasant. You know, he, he kind of gets harangued into taking her as his quote-unquote date to the smoker. And then, you know, she seems to be treating it kind of seriously, like a real date. And so Dave, who does not appear to have any interest in Beth, is having to kind of put up with, you know, the the way that she's presenting herself. Like that's not the Beth that we all know and love. Let's you know, let's all be honest. That's not the Beth we all know and love. You know, that is Beth that maybe is so nervous about going out with Dave, or you know, whatever the case may be. Not ideal in terms of seeing them together. So again, when you got to think about Bill and then you think about Lisa and Walt, and then you got Beth. Dave has got to be the loser of this episode, man. He, I, I just don't see a win for him in there anywhere. Now, the episode's big winner has to be Matthew. And it's not just because he actually won the fight, but it's like, one, he got to trash talk Joe all day. All day he got to go up to him and just say some outrageous stuff. Then, not only does he defeat Joe, he beats him in front of everybody. All right, anybody that's been competitive knows it's it's winning is great, and that's the most important thing for sure. But doing it in front of your people, doing it in front of people who are going to talk about it and cheer you on, oh, that's way better, way better. So Matthew is basically the office hero, and even if everybody knows it's not serious, he still kind of has the right to walk around the office and, and talk trash, you know, for at least a little while before you know it fades from memory or, or people just kind of let it go. Now, the other reason that Matthew's a, a winner is that he literally got naked in the office again with no consequence. I mean, nothing. They don't even bat an eye like, all right, we talked about this, go CHR. Like, Dave just acts crazy again, and Lisa holds up a folder. Beth kind of laughs at him, I guess. I don't know. Beth is frustrated by the situation, as she should be. But Matthew gets to walk around naked in the office again with no consequence, which is obviously why he keeps doing it. So... Those are the episodes Villains, Heroes, Loser, and Winner. I hope that people agree or will hit me up on the socials to let me know where I missed something or who else should have been in those categories. Uh, we're going to get to the People's Choice for the MVP slash runner-up. And the fact of the matter is, is that Bill is easily the MVP of this episode. I don't think that we can declare it any other way. We're going to go for the runner-up of the episode. And going through the options... Uh, we're just going to go from, from worst to first here. Lisa got 8% of the vote. I thought it was a pretty good episode for Lisa. She got some she got some shine in there. Walt took home 15% of the vote. And, you know, Walt had a couple big scenes too, so I think that's, that's pretty good. With 23% of the vote, Dave comes in second, which, again, he gets a lot of good scenes with Bill, and he gets to kind of play off of Bill a little bit. Uh, so I thought that Dave actually might, might score a little bit higher, but I think second place is right. Our number one runner-up is Matthew. So Matthew, aside from being the big winner of the episode, also wins the runner-up, you know, just behind Bill in terms of acting for the episode, which I think is valid. Again, he gets to do, he gets to act in a way we don't see him on a regular basis, uh, and it's hilarious every time. It's it's really really funny. 
Now we're gonna go back to Lauren. Lauren has the Usenet forums, a time capsule from the Internaut. Here is a time capsule from the Internaut. In early 1998, there was a TV miniseries airing on HBO called From the Earth to the Moon. It was a dramatized portrayal of the Apollo space program. The week that this episode of News Radio aired, From the Earth to the Moon aired their seventh episode titled That's All There Is. This series had a total of 12 episodes, five of which featured Stephen Root as NASA flight director Chris Kraft. Stephen Root wasn't in the episode that aired this week, but Dave Foley was. Dave Foley played astronaut Alan Bean, the fourth person to walk on the moon, unless you believe Joe Gorelli's conspiracy theories that the moon landing was fake. Someone named Robert came to the news group to report that he had recently seen Joe Rogan live at the Riviera Comedy Club in Las Vegas. He had attended the meet and greet after the show, and Joe had commented on the news radio t-shirt Robert was wearing. Joe told Robert and the rest of the fans that since the show was at the 75 episode mark, as long as it got picked up for a fifth season, they should get enough episodes for syndication. As we know, news radio ended with 97 episodes, falling three episodes short of the syndication mark. So now we know it was Joe who jinxed the show forever. Dave Foley was interviewed by E! Online in an article that was published this week, and someone copied the entire article into the Usenet forums, so I was actually able to read the whole thing. So thank you to Edward for your copyright infringement 25 years ago. It seems the interviewer had a really hard time getting a straight answer out of Dave on any of his questions. At one point, the interviewer asked, do you and the others in the cast ever play pranks on one another? If so, will you share one with us? Dave's answer was, we do joke around quite a bit. Once we got together and killed the guy, and then we tried to frame Steven Root. It was a pretty good frame up too, but Steve beat the rap with a plea of temporary insanity. I guess in the end, the joke was on us. At another point, the interviewer asked, did you take it personally that your character on news radio seemed to get demoted this season? And Dave answered, no, I don't give a F what happens to Dave Nelson so long as Dave Foley still has the best parking space and the biggest dressing room. One question I think Dave did answer honestly was when the interviewer asked, does Andy Dick ever scare you? And Dave simply answered, yes. And this has been a time capsule from the internaut. Okay, that was the 90s, folks. Moving on to our next section. This is our references slash facts. Once again, is unnamed. We're going to fix that for next unit. But I've pulled out three good topics here. Three things that I actually didn't really know a lot about. References or facts for the episode. Basically stuff that I didn't know. And uh, it will have a proper name by next unit for sure. So the first thing is the term smoker. The term smoker refers to the smoke-filled rooms where men and only men met for events. So I, I couldn't figure out why it was called a smoker, but it actually refers to the smoke-filled rooms, which, okay, that makes sense. Now, smoker became a word associated with fundraisers and also activities. So what we saw was a, like a, a MMA smoker or a boxing smoker, but apparently they have like poker smokers and basketball smokers, and they pretty much just attach a different activity to the front of it and call it a smoker. And that's a fundraiser, I guess. So aside from smoker, smoker isn't a term that we necessarily hear that much for anymore. I think they're referred to more as like stag dinners or men's nights out. Always have some sort of aspect of, of fundraising. The atmosphere was described as a gathering for old timers mixing fine food, nostalgic tales, and cigar smoke, as well as live fights. To me, that sounds like most neighborhood bars in the city. Hey, what are you going to do? Richie Havens. He played village folk clubs in the mid-60s, standing out as an African-American in a largely white folk scene. He played his acoustic guitar with an open tuning and in a fervent rhythmic style. He sang with an earthy soulfulness and a sonorous gravel road voice that connected folk, blues, and gospel. He was imposing at 6 foot 5 inches tall. Sadly, he passed away on April 22, 2013 due to a heart attack. And notably, Havens was the first to act on stage at Woodstock in 1969 and played for over three hours while the other acts were stuck in traffic. He improvised the song Freedom, which he became known for, and I assume is the reason Walt considers him protest music. 
Plato's Retreat was a swingers club catering to heterosexual couples and bisexual women. From 1977 until 1985, it operated in two locations in Manhattan, New York City. Plato's Retreat was a members-only establishment that was legally not a public business, which means members had to follow the club rules. So men unaccompanied by a female weren't allowed to enter, and male-male sexual activity was prohibited between the men that did get in. Woman-on-woman sex was encouraged, so unaccompanied women were very welcome. Alcohol, drugs, and paid sexual services were forbidden, but that policy was not really enforced. So in later years, sex workers were frequent and there was rampant use of drugs, most often quaaludes by the patrons. Plato's Retreat. Moving on to the next category here, we have uh, something new that I want to try out for this episode. The alluded to scene you'd most want to see. In the episode, characters often are referring to events or interactions that we just don't see. They're kind of we talk about something that happened off camera or in the past or or something else. So, uh, four options here for the alluded to scene that you would most want to see. Uh, coming in with zero percent of the vote is Walt asking Lisa out. Now, I thought that might be kind of interesting. You know, Walt is a little bit shy. You know, how did he ask her to the smoker? How does Lisa react, you know, realizing that it's an ask to the smoker and not necessarily like, you know, out on a one-on-one date or anything like that. But nobody else wants to see it, so maybe I should have picked something else. Coming in third place with 8% of the vote is Walt at a college smoker. Uh, He makes the joke of, oh, you know, it's when you turn the lights down low and put on dark side of the moon and... You know, so it'd basically be a shot of Walt in college, you know, smoking marijuana is what I assume. That was the third place vote over Walt asking Lisa out. Coming in second with 23% of the vote is Matthew convincing Mr. James to let him fight Joe. So I'm very curious of how that would go. You know, how did Matthew talk Mr. James into letting him fight Joe? What was the process? What had to happen first before Mr. James agreed to it? Like, I'm just kind of very interested in how the two of those guys actually worked out this plan and actually got it to happen. But the winner for this, and rightly so, the people 100% have this correct, 69% of the vote went to the intern introducing Dave to his mother. One of the one of the funniest bits I think that is in this episode is Lisa, you know, saying, "Hey, like, you know, I didn't get on you when an intern had a crush." Dave reveals that not only was the crush a male intern, so the intern also brought his mother to work to introduce him as his boyfriend, so on and so forth. The people got it right once again. Okay, another new category: best movie repackage. What's the best type of full movie that could be inspired from this episode? It's a new category. I'm just trying to see what is going to work well with uh, with the surveys, but also make sure that we're having a little bit of fun as we look at the episode. So, I'll have another zero percent vote here with Walt and Lisa in a romantic comedy. You know, I I thought the two of them playing off each other might be something nice, something sweet. Zero percent of people agreed with me. And I'm wondering if maybe I should have made that a horror movie, if people would be more interested if that was the option. Coming in third with 15% of the vote is Joe versus Matthew, a dramatic thriller. Now, uh, in my head, it's a a black and white, kind of like a Raging Bull boxing match, which I know makes zero sense considering that it's Joe and Matthew. But I think that you could make an argument that there could be some sort of compelling movie made out of that conflict. 15% 15% of people agreed with me. Coming in second with 23% of the vote is Dave and Beth as a romantic comedy. I actually think that one is a pretty decent idea. I think it would be really good to watch Dave and, and Beth kind of clumsily get together outside of you know the, the news radio series type of thing. If you just pulled a movie out of it with the two of them. I suppose it would be, you know, like Dave never realizing how much he liked Beth and how much she anticipated him, da-da-da-da-da. But... 23% thought that might be a decent idea. Now, 62% of people thought the Bill and Dave buddy comedy movie would be the best. I definitely have questions of how that would work. You know, is it a road trip movie? What are they doing? But I can't deny that the two of them on screen together just absolutely killed it in this episode. So I cannot disagree with that choice at all. We're going to see if I do this again. I thought it was interesting. Maybe include a little bit of a plot line for the for the selection, but... Uh, hopefully, people who took the survey enjoyed answering that question, thinking about that question. I have two more fun episode questions, and then we are done with the polls, the survey. 
Number nine, who did the best job of acting crazy? I don't know why I said number nine. That has nothing to do with the show. That's just what I have in the graphic. But we have Dave making the animal noises. We have Jimmy with the baseball signs. We have Lisa and her imaginary friend slash self. And Matthew's public nudity. So we actually had a three-way tie underneath the winner. So at 15% each, Dave and his animal noises, Matthew's public nudity, and Lisa's imaginary friend uh, or, or talking to herself all got 15% each. And at 54%, Jimmy's baseball signs won the category of who did the best job of acting crazy in the episode. I kind of like Lisa's best as a personal choice, but Jimmy, I think, plays it up for the most comedic effect. All right, what he does seems both familiar and still off-putting, and I can definitely see why most people preferred that as the uh, the best job of acting crazy. Uh, now, this last question was definitely just for fun. After the first time you watched this episode, were you tempted to try acting crazy to drive somebody away? Uh, 61%, basically 62% said yes. 38% said no, which tells me that roughly 40% of people are probably lying. Because this is so hilarious. Why would you not try this with people as soon as you saw it? No, I'm I'm kidding. But I think a lot of people, I know for me, like, and I think a lot of people probably at least gave it a strong consideration of the next time somebody annoyed them if that was a strategy that they could try to employ for themselves. I do not think that anybody who wrote no it made the wrong choice. I'm just not sure you're being completely honest if you didn't really think about it or attempted to do it. Okay, so that is it. Thank you all so much for listening. Please send feedback to our Instagram and Twitter accounts. Again, at hoodoo underscore factory. Let me know what you think of today's episode. Our next unit is going to be an old favorite. TBD. There's a lot to learn from doing this unit, and the next one is going to take those into account. Um, also, I am going to think about the recap episode to make sure we take care of that and try to do a good job with that and then make some selections. So next episode, we will announce what the next unit will be please be on the lookout for the survey so that you can vote in our upcoming episodes again thank you so much to the people that voted i'm really hoping that we can get more people in there to express their opinions and have a little more input on the show and until next time i'll catch you guys on the flip-flop thank you for visiting the hoodoo factory the source for all your hoodoo needs you can follow us on twitter and instagram at hoodoo underscore factory the hoodoo factory is part of the stolen dress podcast network please stop by our gift shop at grabitgear.com and remember the hoodoo factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for absa fever